Wow. Um, take your copy of God's Word. Turn to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 1. Before we get into God's Word, let me just draw you in a little bit to um, my pilgrimage. When, when I was a young boy, uh, my daddy was in the army and he was assigned to go to Fort Sherman in the Panama Canal Zone. And I can remember uh, we took a ship all the way down to the Panama Canal Zone to get there. And as we arrived, I really got excited because as we drove onto the base and, and got out of the car, it was like a Tarzan movie. Now, I know many of you have never seen Tarzan, you know, but when I was a little kid, Johnny Weissmuller, or whatever, however you say his name, Weissmuller, was on TV every week, and I'd see Tarzan. And you would hear all these jungle sounds. You know, sounds of like exotic birds and monkeys would make all these sounds. And, and so as we got out of the car, there at the house where we would live, you heard these sounds. And I thought, man, this is cool. So I began to explore. We were living in a little duplex there, two, two uh, soldiers and their families together. And as I, as I got out and looked in our this kind of empty house because all our belongings hadn't been moved there, just some basic things like beds and some places. I noticed in the basement there was a lawnmower. Now, we never owned a lawnmower. I grew up over in Albany, Georgia, and um, we never owned a lawnmower. And you must have said, well, I would hate to see your grass. But anyway, but we never owned a lawnmower. My dad had a twin brother, and so about every couple weeks he'd go to his brothers and borrow the lawnmower. So we never, never owned one. And so I said, we've got a lawnmower. This is exciting. And I looked out in the backyard, and, and boy, the grass was about six inches tall. Because y'all know where Panama is located, right? It's what? Right, it's in a tropical rainforest, okay? It's a tropical rainforest. And so, anyway, uh, you know about how many inches of water rain it gets, right? But right, about 120, 130 is their average, okay? And how much do we get here, Joe Bell? Exactly, about 45 to 50. So, you need to work on that precipitation. Anyway, okay, but listen... So this gets incredible amounts of rain. You know, the temperature is like down. The grass is growing like crazy. And I said, well, man, I've got a lawnmower. And I was so excited. I went to the neighbors because we shared the backyard. And I said, while I'm mowing this, can I mow yours? And they said, sure. And I think I said, I'll do it for $2. And they said, great. You know, so I'm getting out there. Did I tell you all that this mower was a push lawnmower? Now, some of you don't even know what a push lawnmower is, but a push lawnmower, if you've ever been to a golf course, golf courses have these kind of mowers that have these blades that kind of spin like this, like to go over greens and stuff like that, but they're, they're powered. Okay, well, this is a mower, similar design, but it's push-powered, okay? And you can imagine, some of you guys are already way ahead of me. I got out there trying to push, mow, six-inch grass, and it wasn't working. I was, I was so excited because I had my own mower. I was pushing it and I was pushing it. And, you know, I'd go over it back and forth. And finally I said, okay, 
Now, if you, you may know this. If you flip the handle over on one of those mowers, that's how you kind of move it from place to place. That gets those rollers off, and it's just on the wheels. I said, this grass is so high, I'll flip it over, and I'll just start cutting the grass, pulling it like that. Well, that took off the top maybe two inches, but you still had a lot of grass, and I was pushing, and finally I realized my enthusiasm was not going to get it done. So I went back to my neighbor's, knocked on the door, and I said, Sir, I've got to apologize. I cannot do what I just promised. Well, you know, that kind of reminds me of what happened in my life when I was about 13 years old. I grew up just 40 miles away from here over in Albany and, and went to First Baptist in Albany. And when I was 13, I committed my life to Jesus Christ. I gave him my heart and life. And I was determined, I'm going to live this Christian life. And I knew that as a young man in middle school that I have got to stop cussing. Okay? Now that I'm a Christian, no more cussing. So um, I determined... All right, I'm not going to do that anymore. I also realized that as a Christian, you're really not supposed to get angry at people. You know, you're just supposed to have this peace of Jesus that kind of just fills you all the time. And so I'm going to get rid of this anger and this hostility that I have. So I tried that. I worked really hard. You know, I went to church. I did everything. I worked really hard at it for about three years. And after about three years, I was as frustrated trying to live the Christian life as I had been trying to mow that six-inch grass with that push mower. But one night, one night, I attended a Bible study over at a friend's house. And that night, somebody shared a verse that altered the course of my life. Matter of fact, that's one of the reasons I'm really looking forward to going to heaven. Because I want to find out who said it. I don't know if it was one of the guys in the group that night or one of the girls in the group that night. But somebody shared this verse. John 1.12. It says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Look with me at Philippians chapter 1. The similar theme here that Paul picks up. He says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. 
Now I want you to rivet your attention on verse 6. Being confident of this. That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Matter of fact, I want you to focus your attention on that verse. We're going to read it two more times in two additional English translations. The first I want you to look at, verse 6, in the Living Bible. And look at what it says. And I am sure that God, who began the good work within you, will keep right on helping you grow in His grace until His task within you is finally finished on that day when Jesus Christ returns. Let's read it one more time in the message translation. The one written by a pastor by the name of Eugene Peterson. Verse 6. There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, this morning, my brothers and sisters don't need to hear clever stories about my life. Father, their need and my need is to hear you speak to us through your word. So we open our hearts to you and we invite you to speak in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Our focus is on, is on verse 6 this morning. And the question that we want to ask is, has the Lord begun that good work in you? Because He, as it says in the Scripture, He is the one who begins it. Being confident of this, that He who began a good work in you, He is the one who begins it. I don't know how many of you have built a house. I've never had that privilege of, of building a, a brand new house. But can you imagine if you signed a contract to have your home built? And so every day you would drive by that property and you would look at the progress of your home that you're about to invest several thousand dollars in. And you drive by that property and you see no improvement on the land. You don't see any trees removed. You don't see any soil being moved around. You don't see any footings being dug or poured. You don't see a foundation. You see absolutely no work at all going on. How confident would you be that your contractor plans to build your house there? I think you'd begin to have serious doubts about whether this person is going to carry out what they promised you. And you'd probably have every reason to have serious doubts like that. 
This scripture makes it clear to us that what God starts, He completes. What God starts, He completes. And so the question to ask is, has God ever begun a good work in you? Has He ever laid the foundation? Because you wouldn't expect God to finish something if He's never started it. That's the question. Has has He shown you your need for a Savior? Now, I'm just taking a poll this morning. How many of you this morning have either, you are married or you've been married? Raise your hand. If you've, if you've ever been married, raise your hand. Good. Vast, a lot of people in here have. Now, I would venture to guess that there's not a person in here, and there may be one, but I would guess that there's not a person in here who met the person they were going to marry one day and then married them 24 hours later. I would assume that's a safe assumption. Could maybe wrong, but most of us don't meet the person and immediately marry them. Usually there's an opportunity to get to know them, discover what their personality's like, kind of learn their character traits about whether they're trustworthy or not. You develop the relationship. But even though you're developing the relationship and growing the relationship, there comes a time where you do make a commitment to that person and you're married. Now this morning, you may be a person who's attended church for many years. You may have been a person who's attended Sunday school and you realize God loves you. You realize that Jesus has died for you. You're aware of that. But has there ever been a time where you've entered into that relationship where you've stepped beyond just hearing about Jesus and learning about His love and you stepped into that relationship with Him. See, that is a work that God does in our lives. He uses people, He uses His Word, He uses the Holy Spirit, but it's a work of God and He is the one who begins it. He initiates it. Praise God that He does. Have you come face to face with Jesus? Have you heard his words when he says, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me? I don't mean just have you heard these words. Has the Holy Spirit enabled you to hear and to respond to him? Now, I'm not asking if you've turned over a new leaf in your life. I'm asking Has there ever been a time you've turned over your life to Jesus Christ? Because the scripture says it's God who begins this work, not me, not you. And Paul says if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, behold, new things have come. That means Jesus Christ has personally come into our lives to begin this work. And our responsibility is to respond to him in faith. It's important to remember, though, that this work, as we see in this scripture, the focus of this work is in you. In you, okay? The work is not outside you primarily. The work is not around you 
Many people mistakenly think that if they trust Christ, then God's going to change all their circumstances. He's going to make them work out smoothly. But God doesn't promise to change our physical surroundings. The promise is to work in us. So the question is, in all of the many times you may have attended a a worship service or a Bible study like I mentioned, has there ever been a time you've turned over your life to Him? He begins the work. The second thing we see in this text is not only that He begins, but you will make it. You will make it. Look at what the scripture says again. Look at that passage. It says, being confident of of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. Will carry it on to completion. With God, there is no halfway jobs. With God, there is no starting and then stopping. I remember seeing a a man who was adding on to his house and and I saw a foundation. I saw walls and that was it. There was no windows. There was no roof. He obviously started and and plans to finish much later. You know, when you start seeing the weeds growing up, you realize it's going to take a while for this person to, to finish the project. But we all do that. We all have good intentions. I remember uh, about a year and a half ago, I went on a men's retreat. And um, on that men's retreat, I made a commitment to God. And this was my commitment. Whenever I pray, you know, I just did the, the invocation. My commitment to God was this. Whenever I pray, when somebody asks me to pray my first prayer will be for my wife Nancy that may not be out loud I might not pray it out loud but I was going to I was going to make praying for my wife a priority and one of the ways to do that was whenever I'm asked to pray or whenever I'm at a prayer meeting no matter what the first prayer is at the meeting I'm praying for my wife now how long do you think I was successful with that resolution I probably kept it maybe going for three, four, maybe five months. You know, pat myself on the back here, whatever. But what happens? Even with our best intentions, even with our, what happens? Did any of y'all, anybody here make a New Year's resolution? Nobody. Good, okay. Anybody in the choir? Nobody, okay. Y'all have learned, haven't you? Okay. (laughs) Our best intentions. I mean, just, just think about it. People tried to climb Mount Everest for years. And nobody made it until when? You remember, 1953, May the 29th. That was the first time somebody actually summited Mount Everest. And who was it? Sir Edmund Hillary, right. It wasn't Hillary Clinton. That's right. It was Sir Edmund Hillary. Exactly. And the same thing, the French, if you, if you probably knew this in your history, attempted to cut the waterway link between the Pacific and the Atlantic Ocean. They tried to build a Panama Canal, 
But were they successful in the 1800s? No. It wasn't until 1904 when the U.S. got involved and completed it in 1914. So we've, we've all tried a lot of projects and, and new leaves and, and tried to do it. But Paul, Paul saw God. He saw that God had be, begun the work in the people of Philippi. Do you remember what he saw? He came to that town, as we read in, in, the, in the book of Acts. Over in Acts chapter 16. And he came on a Sabbath to that city, to the gate, and he expected to find a few people praying. And one of those listening was a woman named Lydia. And listen to what the scripture says. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message, the gospel. See, Paul saw a heart and a life changed right before his very eyes. He saw God begin a work in the life of Lydia. And it impacted her family. It impacted the community of Philippi. He saw God at work in their hearts. And so he was confident that the God who started that work would complete it. You and I know in our own strength we'll never be what God wants us to be. We know we'll start and stop. We'll fail. But God, who's at work in you, He never quits. He never stops. When He came into your life, when you trusted Him, His goal was to make you on the inside to become like Jesus Christ. We all have a long way to go, but God will never quit. There will be times when we'll cry out to God, we'll say, The pain is too much. We just assume, would you just stop working for a while, God? But he never quits. Sometimes you may feel that God isn't actively working in your life. That it's kind of, you're in the doldrums. You may feel like you're just marking time. But remember, God is at work. I tell you, when I go through times like that, what encourages me is hearing what God's doing in the lives of other people. I may feel like it's a slow time in my relationship with God, but when I hear about what He's doing in your life, and sometimes what blesses me most is when you share about your struggles. Not necessarily all, all the victories, but when you, when you struggle with faith and struggle with trusting God. And I hear that sincerity, that genuineness, that honesty... I don't know if any of y'all have had any um, masonry work or, or brick laying done at your home. I had some a little while ago, but can you imagine if you were going to put in a new patio in your backyard and, and you were going to surround it with beautiful brickwork and you ordered whatever, a thousand brick, spent all that money, had it delivered, 
And the brick mason comes and, you know, lays one row of brick, maybe about 40 brick. And then he leaves. And all he leaves behind is an old rickety wheelbarrow and a hoe inside where he's been mixing up the mortar. And that's all he leaves behind. And you wait a day, a two, three, four, five, and you get the impression he's not coming back. All you're getting out of the deal is this old wheelbarrow. All you're getting is the hoe. You're going to have to go hire somebody else. I mean, what's the, what's, the, what's the value of that to him? Maybe a, an old wheelbarrow is worth, what, $20 maybe? An old hose worth maybe $3 or something? He's only out $23. He doesn't have to complete the work. Sometimes in your life you may be feeling that's the way God is. He's gone on to his favorites. He's left you behind. No, no, no. Think about, what has God given to you? Not some old wheelbarrow, not something worthless. He's given who? His son. He's given his son for you. He's not only given his son for you, the moment you prayed and and trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior... The Holy Spirit of God came to live inside of you. He's done all that for a reason. He's going to complete what he started. He hasn't done that and just left you to try to figure it out on your own. He's going to complete it. He's going to bring it to a beautiful completion. The only problem, in my opinion, with this is it takes a while. Notice what the scripture says. I wish you'd go ahead and complete it. I wish we could go just 20 years to Sunday school and we're done. But look at what it says. He will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Until the day Jesus returns. Until the day we go to be with Jesus. This process continues all the days of our life. I don't know about you. I would prefer that God would just give me some anesthesia and just kind of knock me out, go in, do all the changes that need to be made in my heart and life. But he doesn't do that. He works in our hearts and lives while we're wide awake. And it hurts. It's painful. There's a member of our church who had open heart surgery just about three or four weeks ago. And I asked him, I said, were you asleep when they did that? He said, absolutely. Absolutely. But God does his surgery on us while we're awake. I don't know if it's ever happened to you, but it's happened to me. It hurts when a brother talks to you and he says, you know, John, I really sense uh, just a spirit of pride or arrogance in you. I don't like people saying that to me, do you? I wouldn't want somebody to say that to me. That hurts. I mean, don't, I mean, don't you wish that marriage was like Disney World? 
where it's just joy. I mean, one of the hardest things in the world is to have your wife tell you the truth, isn't it? That hurts. But that's what God does. He performs heart surgery on us. He changes our lives. This process by the Holy Spirit is for real. And if you'll remain humble and teachable, he'll do it. It hurts. But he's doing it till the day of Christ Jesus. I was really hoping that as I got older, it would get easier. I read this text. It's happening the last day I'm on this planet. Until the day of Christ Jesus. It's not just for a few years. God's work will not be complete until we meet Jesus. So I want to ask you this morning, will you put your confidence in Him? Will you put your confidence in Him that if you give Him your life, He'll begin a new work in you? It's a work of forgiveness. It's a work of transformation. If you've never allowed that to happen, would you do that today? But I believe the vast majority of us gathered who are studying the Word this morning, we've experienced that. We've had that work started in our lives, but yet many times our confidence lacks that He'll complete it. Would you put your confidence in Him this morning? Even when maybe a brother or sister in Christ seems a little distant from you, or even when another brother or sister or yourself stumbles... Will you put your confidence that God never quits working in your life? You know, just a few weeks after we moved to Panama, we changed houses. I guess what we were in was something temporary that had you know, just some furniture in there. And then a few weeks later, our furniture got there and we moved into a different house. But I'll never forget, soon after we moved into the new house, my daddy came home with our first lawnmower. I mean, it was shiny orange with some white on it. I think it was like a 22-inch or something. You know, anyway, just a push mower. But it, it had a motor, Okay. And I'll never forget getting out there and mowing. And, and uh, again, I told you about how this grass grew so fast. One of the guys said, here, let me show you how to edge, you know, the, the yard. And so this guy took a military shovel entrenchment tool, if y'all know what that is. And, and, man, he started chopping on the edge. I mean, we had an edge on our yard about like this. Okay, you know, usually, you know, how they're narrow. Man, this thing was, and that allowed you to get with that mower. I mean, it was a great idea of way of doing it. After we started mowing my yard, you know what we did? We went up the street and we said, hey, can we mow your yard? And the guy said, sure. I mean, we must have gotten 20 yards to mow. I mean, I thought I was rich. For the first time in my life, I was actually making some money. I went down and bought me a mask and snorkel and fins because you're down in the tropical waters. I thought, this is cool. I joined Boy Scouts. I bought me a backpack. I mean, I was just, I was in hog heaven, you know. Matter of fact, I said, We've got so much work to do. We're going to go up on the price. Okay, that's good old American thing. So I went to this captain. I said, sir, instead of it being $5, it's now going to be 7 He said, young man, I don't need you anymore. 
I went, oops, we ain't going up on anybody else, okay? What an opportunity to learn. How was I able to do all that? Because my dad gave me the power. He gave me the right tool. Your Father in heaven, when you came to know Jesus Christ, He forgave your sins. He came into your life and He has filled your life with the Holy Spirit of God. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He is going to empower you. He'll never quit working in your life. He never will. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You that You promised us. There's never been the slightest doubt in Your mind, Lord, that You who started this great work, You're going to keep at it. You're going to bring it to a flourishing finish in the life of every believer. Lord, let us trust You. Let us believe You. Let us know that You're our Father who tells us the truth. Lord, let it encourage us this morning. Let us respond to you in Jesus' name. Amen.